One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 213. I am so thrilled to share my interview with today's guest. She joined us as a guest expert in my membership program, Making Good Happen, and immediately after her talk, I knew I needed to have her here on the podcast. My guest is Nadine Nethery. Nadine is an audience-driven copywriter and brand messaging strategist for female founders who want to intentionally attract, delight, and retain their dream customers. I've danced around the topic of audience research on the podcast before, but up until now, we haven't fully dived in. In my former life in the corporate sphere, my background is in market research, so I've been around the block when it comes to getting to know your customers. Nadine, however, completely amazed me in this episode. Her smart, original strategies for gaining insights into your audience are so inspiring, and the way she uses AI as a tool to that end are also super thoughtful. I am super grateful to Nadine for all she shared in this episode. This conversation is a goldmine, and I cannot wait for you to give it a listen. In this episode, we discussed why we need to have more intentional conversations with our customers, concrete strategies for audience research, how to use what you learn in audience research in your copy, your purposeful messaging buckets strategy, where AI comes in and how we can use AI or should we not based on what we learn through audience research, Nadine's favorite tips and resources for learning more about AI and more. Okay, let's get into my chat with Nadine. Nadine, welcome to Making Good. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. Such Such an honor to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. This is going to be a really fun conversation. One, just because I have had the pleasure of listening to you speak about these topics before, and I know you really know your stuff. We had you in Making Good Happen, and it was fantastic. One of my favorite guest expert sessions. Oh, yeah. Um, but also because the topic is so good and so important. And, you know, we've, we've danced around the idea of audience research on the podcast, but I don't think we've ever done an episode fully on it and it totally deserves its own podcast. So, so much good stuff. I know we're going to cover today, but before I start peppering you with all my questions, I would love for you to share a little bit about your business now, what you do, how you work with your clients and anything you want to share about your path to, to get there. Absolutely. So I am, uh, as you alluded to, an audience-driven copywriter, which means I love taking a step back before getting stuck into any done-for-you copy or supporting you as a copy mentor 
if you are DIYing your copy. Like many copywriters, I didn't get into copywriting um, strategically, you know, on purpose. I uh, got into it via various detours. So um, I have a background uh, in translating. You might be able to pick up my accent. So I'm originally from Germany, grew up there, met an Aussie in London, I know, long story, and ended up in (laughs) Sydney, Australia, where I now have three uh, glorious and cheeky kids um, that keep me on my toes. And um, I, yeah, look back on a background in in various things. So translating, um, marketing, corporate comms for some global um, brands, really recognizable, like Australia's largest retailer and a truly iconic German car brand without naming names. Um, and I, yeah, traveled the world, um, with automotive media, you know, finding unique angles to sell our cars and present them as uh, much better than all the competitor models. And, um, did that for 10 odd years, um, before getting made redundant, like happens, like it happens to so many of us. Been there. <laughs> yeah, far too familiar story. So that sent me on a um, huge soul searching journey and, you know, really uh, hit me at the core. Like my, my second one was three months old at the time. And um, so that really, really um, hit deep mm. and, you know, made me question my worth and my my skill set and everything really. Um, But looking back, it was all for a reason. I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And um, one decision I made uh, at that point is that I never wanted to be a number in a system or in a corporate company Mm -hmm. anymore. And again, so really um, decided at that point that I was going to find a way to use my sales, marketing, corporate comm skills uh, in some shape or form to yeah, to do good and to have a bigger impact in the world. And unfortunately had to take employment because, you know, you have to pay bills. So shifted direction and took a full-time job until I had my all my ducks in a row and started, um, yeah, freelancing on the side, little side hustle for probably two odd years, which um, was rather challenging. At the time I was pregnant with number three, so really had a bit of a deadline mm. to, to make things happen. and. Um, yeah, sort of stumbled into copywriting. I was uh, aiming to work towards um, content marketing, social media, you know, Instagram still had organic reach at the time. Yeah. And um, so I thought that was going to be my path. And as part of this course, I took um, copywriting came up as a module. And um, that really intrigued me because, you know, having a background in translating as well, languages um, and finding you know, a way to say things in a uh, unique way have always been part of my um, career. So looked into it further and then started taking on clients to do bits and bops like we all do at at the beginning, doing everything for everyone and um, really fell in love with the whole process um, of, yeah, writing website copy, email copy, and particularly finding those unique angles. So really getting to know my client's audience so we can tailor that messaging to their specific needs and mindsets, um, all the things that we're going to um, explore today. Yeah. And um, since then, I have worked with well over 100 um, brands globally, which I'm still, I still can't get my head around. Love the online space. And yeah, they come from uh, e-commerce background, also service-based background. And yeah, I love that most about what I do now, getting to know all these amazing women, 
um, female founders who have great ideas, but they just struggle to really share that zone of genius and um, connect with their audience. Because as females, unfortunately, we often struggle to, yeah, I wouldn't say toot our own horn, but to stand up for ourselves and and really do our zone of genius justice. So that's where I come in. I help them put it all into words and um, yeah, packages it, package it in a way that uh, really helps them stand out among the crowd. One of the things that really stood out to me in the guest expert session you gave for my membership program was the fact that your method is so widely applicable. Like we'll talk about some of the things that you recommend when it comes to audience research, but it doesn't really matter what kind of business you have. All of these strategies we're going to talk about today can apply. So I think no matter who you are listening to this, if you have a business or want a business, everything we talk about is relevant to you. So thrilled to have you here. Let's start with just like really broadly backing up and talking about like what is audience research and why is it something that we should make time for? Yeah, so audience research sounds super geeky, super boring, super time consuming, but is so, so, so important for any business really on at any stage um, of your business mm-hmm. journey. So you should get to know your audience before you launch, um, whenever you launch a new product or service, whenever you are trying to shift, you know, your, your target audience. So there's always, always, always room to uh, have conversations, strategic conversations with your customers, but also potential customers that you want to add to your customer base as well. And audience research, um, as I mentioned, is having strategic conversations. So really maximizing any opportunity where you cross paths with your customers, um, whether that's service-based or product-based. So really having intentional conversations and asking the right questions and giving your audience room to open up and to provide feedback. And then um, it's your job as the business owner or aspiring business owner to really, yeah, listen with intent and read between the lines and uh, see how you can incorporate this feedback into your processes, into your messaging, into your copy, into your office. So, I would say your audience basically does the heavy lifting for you. They want to see you succeed. And uh, they are often very forthcoming with information and feedback um, and uh, tips to to help you on your business owner journey. You just have to give them a chance to open up. So good. So audience research is really all about getting to know our customers and our audience the best we possibly can so that we can make products that they want and deliver it to them, market it to them in a way that, you know, is going to be effective. You have so many really smart strategies for this that like many of them I had never even thought of. And I like, I used to work in market research. That was the industry I worked in before, mm-hmm. before I do what I do now. And so for me to be surprised in this area <laughs> is, is kind of hard, but you had some really clever, clever ways of learning about your audience and your customers. Could you share some? So for the average small business owner listening, what would be some ways that they could think about getting to know their customers better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know we're all time poor. Small business owners often wear so many hands. So I'm a huge fan of streamlining the process, automating it, and um, yeah, really integrating it into processes that you're already incorporating in your business. So um, as new business owners, 
you know, we often think audience research really isn't for us. It's hard to access our customers. You know, we don't have existing customers to survey or to talk to. So, um, you don't actually have to have your own customer base to get really valuable information. I would start with online snooping, as I like to call it in a non-creepy mm-hmm. way. Um, but basically your competitors, um, and all these amazing, you know, huge retailers that have thousands and thousands of customers, um, they can help you on your journey as you are just starting out or as you are about to launch. So absolutely jump onto your competitor websites. Um, so work out you know, who plays in your space, who offers similar products, who you're looking up to um, and who your customers might be purchasing from. And have a look at the customer reviews that you can find on their website and pick up any um, you know, any language, any phrases, any recurring themes that pop up again when it comes to um, their problems, their pain points, um, you know, the point of difference, the things they appreciate about the product and uh, make note of that. You can absolutely incorporate that in your messaging, in your marketing and use that as the basis to not only work out how you need to sell it, but also how you can differentiate yourself from your competitors. Amazon is also amazing for that, especially if you're in the product um, product space. You can totally look at all the amazing reviews. Um, one tip, though, I would stay clear of the one-star and five-star reviews because they're usually very opinionated either way. Um, so really have a look at that uh, mm. juicy middle. So three, four stars, um, ideally where people clearly, you know, they're quite happy, but something didn't go didn't go right or something about the product could be better. So that's where where often um, that juicy information is and um, the really in-depth detail that customers are willing to share. If you already have customers to your name, you can totally have intentional conversations with your customers on autopilot. Um, Obviously, I'm a big fan of sending out um, intentional surveys whenever you're looking at launching new products or services, but totally incorporate it into your automation. So it can be part of your post-purchase sequence that you have just a mini survey to uh, really give your customers space to open up um, about their purchase experience, about the product. You can also make it part of your um, abandoned cart sequence. So if you really want to to go there, you can um, ask people why they decided not to purchase and then use that to optimize your processes as well. And as a service-based business owner, it is super, super simple to ask some very strategic questions as part of your onboarding survey and also your offboarding survey. And if you incorporate it into the intake form, people have to answer them as part of that process and it feels really organic. doesn't feel like something that is adding to their to-do list. It's just part of the process. And that means with every customer, you are gathering new insights, um, new information around their mindsets on autopilot. And uh, that's what we love as business owners, right? Yeah, so good. I love that. And I think I think probably the tip of yours that like most impressed me and I hadn't thought of before is to be looking at those other businesses in your industry and looking at like the reviews that they're getting or the testimonials or the language that their customers are using. I think that's so smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the tip of like filtering out the one star and five star reviews because those people probably have some kind of bias involved yeah. or they might at least. So, yeah. um, so, so smart. One of the things that I think 
Okay, so a few things, because because I've heard you present on this, I just have so many things I want to pick your brain and like make sure we share. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I know that folks struggle with, because I have spoken with many people about this, is, you know, when you've done all this research and like you've surveyed your audience, you've done the Instagram polls, you've gone on Reddit or you've looked at your customer reviews and you've you've found all of this insight about your customer. What do you actually do with that so that it is helpful to you in your business and in your marketing in some way? Like how do you implement it in a way that is going to serve you? Yeah. So I do this obviously for my own business, um, but for my one-on-one client projects, I um, sort it into buckets as I like to call it. So it is a, a Google sheet full of glorious mindset insights that my clients can um, tap into whenever they're looking for um, new content, you know, to create stuff for their Instagram um, feed, for their upcoming email sequences, for their pre-launch stuff if they're looking at a new offer. And um, it basically sorts the findings into pain points, so things that their customers are struggling in, so uh, struggling with, so problems they want fixed. Um, also the transformation. So what are they hoping to achieve? What is that um, glorious future, you know, that better tomorrow they're looking for and they're hoping to get to? We're looking at objections. Um, so these are those mindset hurdles that could be standing between them and the purchase. Um, could be around, you know, price tag, around perceived lack of time around perceived, you know, complexity, not being ready to invest, for example, um, you know, the product not being quite suitable to to fixing their problems. So anything that might be standing between them and actually adding things to their cart. Also, I'm a big fan of false beliefs. So often society, friends, um, you know, people we know have misconceptions around our industry, our niche, our office, and it's very important to address those head on in your marketing and in your uh, messaging because people um, often have no idea that they're on the wrong path. So if you can uh, be open and honest about those misconceptions, even about the objections and address them head on, they become less of an issue when it comes to actually checking out and paying for your product um, or service. And then uh, last but not least, we have sticky terms. So this is a language that is so good. You can often copy and paste it into headings, subheadings, um, taglines, into bullet point lists um, because people, you know, people have a way of saying things that are much more genuine and closer to their reality than anything I could ever come up with or you as the business owner could ever come up with. As a matter of fact, you know, we have we have beliefs around our offer, our service and how we're helping people. And quite often that is not actually aligned with the truth and, you know, the reality. So our customers can put it into words so much clearer um, and make it a lot more tangible. So statements that really help us not along as readers and that make your potential customer feel like you truly understand them. So rather than using words like, you know, I'm just thinking of the coaching space here, um, empower, up-level, you know, boost, all those terms you read on every second uh, sales page, you can actually replace them with tangible results. So you can, you know, double your 
um, checkout rate. You can triple your email open rates. So something truly tangible, relatable, and real. Um, that's you know, LinkedIn numbers and, and real relatable outcomes work so much better than anything, um, yeah, airy-fairy copywriters and business owners come up with um, that simply falls flat. So these are my buckets mm-hmm. and I truly believe in those buckets because they make your marketing content creation, um, you know, your weekly emails so much quicker. If you're ever stuck, all you do is get your buckets up and you have a look at, you know, which objection you passed, how you can talk to pain points. Um, all the things just mean you're never starting from a blank page and um, procrastination, um, yeah, no longer becomes a problem. Yeah. I so relate to that, like that struggle of, I often just cannot get started if what I'm sitting down to is a blank page. But if what I'm sitting down to is like a list of things my customer said or questions they have or things that they struggle with, like that's so much, that's such a head start when mm. it comes to creating content or it comes to, you know, whatever it is that you're using it for, whether it's website copy or product descriptions or like this spreadsheet that Nadine just described you can create or whatever format you have it in can be an absolute goldmine for literally any marketing that you're Mm -hmm. creating. So I love that system so much and that way of organizing it, I think makes so much sense. Yeah. And I find, um, you know, shifting to looking at your audience and starting with your audience really helps you step away from that um, mental hurdle of, oh my God, I'm just pushing myself again. I'm, I'm selling myself. I'm talking about myself. If you shift to make your audience, your customer, the center of all your content and copy, it really makes everything so much easier and doesn't feel like your content is constantly pushing a hard sell, um, which often, you know, is the big problem when it comes to, to content creation and showing up online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I know we wanted to make sure to get to today is talking about AI and AI, artificial intelligence has kind of, I would say, been the big buzzword slash trend in marketing for the last couple of years, Um, specifically things like ChatGPT, where there's a lot of marketers or so-called marketers going around saying like, just pull up ChatGPT and tell it you're a jewelry company and ask it to write 15 Instagram posts for you. This is very much the opposite. Well, actually I'll, I'll invite you to correct me. Maybe it's not the opposite, but (laughs) it's, it's at odds in my mind with the approach that you're describing where we're like really investing in who is our actual customer, like using their own language. So how do you think about AI when it comes to sort of bridging that gap between really getting to know your customer and writing copy and writing content that's very unique and original and just for your brand and your customer with the efficiencies that AI can bring? Like, where do you fall in that spectrum? Mm, So I absolutely am using AI within my business and within my processes, but it's more to open up more space capacity um, and, you know, time on uh, to actually focus on the creative side and the strategic side of the copy. So AI will never replace our human interaction and as I said before the human you know contact with your customers and I don't think you can or should ever skip this particular process to gather first-hand insights what I um 
value ChatGPT and AI for is, um, again, streamlining the process. So you can actually use ChatGPT to um, help you speed up that analysis. So, you know, having a raw data spreadsheet with all your survey responses, let's say you had a Google form out there, you have 150 survey responses. ChatGPT can actually um, speed up the process. So with certain plugins, ChatGPT can totally access your um, your raw spreadsheet and um, with the right prompts, it can totally summarize things for you, pick up themes and even, um, you know, pick up killer statements based on those first-hand findings. So that's super important. Don't skip the research facts because everything ChatGPT is giving you is based on, um, you know, everything that's out there on the internet. So it might give you top-line pain points, objections, desires, um, but they're not necessarily based on your audience and your specific customer and your niche. So it is all going to be rather generic and it's still your job to make sense of it. And as I said before, it's all about picking up the language um, and the vibe and the mindset, which ChatGPT simply can't deliver for you. So I've heard, um, in inverted commas, experts um, tell you to just hit up <laughs> ChatGPT and in two minutes you have a full you know, customer profile with all the pain points, objections, et cetera. That's great um, as a starting point, as I said, to get your head around top-line ideas. But it's your job as a business owner to have those conversations so then you can refine and pick up the language. Um, Also, ChatGPT can actually help you speed up the online snooping process, which I should mention because um, it is super Mm. handy. So ChatGPT can actually, as of yesterday, I believe, um, without plugins, but previously um, by using some of their plugins can access websites and the internet. So you can actually feed it uh, pages from your competitor websites for it to actually do the digging uh, and for it to source all the customer testimonials and summarize them and pick up themes. So it can totally speed up that process for you. So you don't have to do the digging and, you know, (laughs) tracking things down. Um, So again, ChatGPT totally has a space in your small business owner existence, but it's about (laughs) knowing how to use it and how to use it in a smart way rather than um, doing it the lazy way, thinking you can cut corners and, you know, cut out those conversations with your customers. Because once you go down that rabbit hole, um, yeah, you're literally losing the touch Um, touch points with your customers Mm -hmm. and the genuine understanding of what they want. And let's face it, our world keeps evolving. There are, you know, various things happening in the world that are uh, impacting, you know, us necessarily, not directly, but uh, mentally, definitely. So it's, it's an ever evolving beast, your business, you know, your customers have got different things on their mind at different times. Um, on their, on their customer journey. So it's really making sure your messaging and your marketing evolves as their needs and their mindset shifts um, evolve as well. Mm. I'm so interested in digging in a little bit more into the way that you use ChatGPT because I think you've drawn like a really useful line in the sand of like, this is what I will use ChatGPT for and this is what I won't. Mm-hmm. Um And it sounds like what you won't use it for, like anything that relates to getting to know your ideal customer, you want to make sure you're hearing from the source. Maybe you might use ChatGPT to help analyze the source, but you're not going to just ask it to come up with information on your ideal customer from scratch. Yeah. 
I love, I love those examples that you gave. Maybe the first one I want to ask about is, is that exactly of like, you know, here's another candle brand in my same space, analyze their customer reviews. And like, how would you kind of formulate a prompt for ChatGBT that would, that would come up with that content in a really organized and analyzed way? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you would start by, you know, telling it to access various pages on the website and look for anything that uh, looks like a testimonial. Again, you know, ChatGPT is is really smart um, and you would ask it to list them, you know, list them for you, source them for you. And then, so it's multi-step, once it's listed mm-hmm. and sourced all those testimonials for you, I then ask it to uh, create a table um, because ChatGPT, again, very smart. So in table format with uh, column headings, you know, pain points, desires, objections, uh, false beliefs, all the things, all the buckets I mentioned before, to have a look at the testimonials and the reviews it just sourced for you um, and to give me you know, the top 10, you can adjust this as you like, top 10 pain points, desires, objections, false beliefs that it picks up in those reviews or testimonials. You can then also um, ask it to pick up really good quotes that it thinks you know, it might be usable. They might be usable in in copy and in marketing. So you can, once you've got those testimonials, you can really dig deeper um, and also then use that particular table as the basis to create social media posts or a weekly email. And that just means you're not working with ChatGPT's assumptions. You're actually working with, you know, something it's sourced from a close competitor where your audience is actually um, are very similar and they align. So that just takes out the biases that are loaded in ChatGPT and the assumptions and makes it a lot closer to yeah the real deal, the real audience. And do you ever use that information that ChatGPT is putting together and analyzing? Do you ever ask it to give you a first draft of a blog post or an email or an Instagram post, or do you kind of take it from that point and you write it yourself? Yeah, no, I absolutely um, do, particularly um, I'm not a huge fan of social media posts. So I uh, use ChatGPT to come up with, um, you know, social (laughs) media posts around, um, you know, speaking to the objections, for example, speaking to the pain points, and then just, again, using that as the basis to my thought processes. Again, it's for ideation to go, ah, interesting angle. Didn't think of that. So I use the angle to then um, turn that into a a post. So I wouldn't necessarily um, take it, you know, copy and paste it into social media, but it's always good, a good dirty first draft that I then refine and um, make sure it's, yeah, it's really like me, sounds like me and um, aligns with my particular products as well. So what advice do you have about, I asked you a little bit about prompt creation, but it seems to me, and actually my my stance on this is that when it comes to AI and chat programs like ChatGPT, the value of what you get out is like a, a direct result of the value of what you put in. So what advice do you have about crafting prompts or, you know, if I do want ChatGPT to help me create some, let's say, Instagram captions, what do we want to make sure to include in there? Yeah, so definitely um, set the scene. So if you, 
create lazy prompts, uh, you're going to get crappy outcomes, as you just said. <laughs> so it's all about setting the scene. So um, getting ChatGPT to you know assume you are a strategic copywriter with seven plus experience, years of experience in the field. Um, really so setting the scene, giving it parameters to work within. And then again, telling them exactly, telling ChatGPT exactly who you're writing for, you know, the goal of the particular post or email that you're creating, what you're trying to achieve. Uh, you can also talk to the grade level of the language. So I find ChatGPT, um, if you don't give it parameters, often uh, is very word heavy, very wordy, a lot of, um, you know, metaphors. It just doesn't sound right. So we want to um, get it to work at a grade level that is achievable, you know, like five, five, six, seven. Um, you can adjust that as you want, but just make sure it doesn't, uh, doesn't use too many complex words. You can also include um, a prompt to make sure um, to use as many two-syllable words as possible. So again, keep it short. Um, you can give it parameters around the sentence length as well. So that's where knowing your brand and your, you know, how you show up online comes in handy. What you can also do is give it um, a sample. So feed it a sample. Let's say, you know, a few of your emails that you've previously written or social media posts um, that are reflective of your writing style um, and then ask ChatGPT to model, model, you know, the output on the input as well. So it's all about giving it as much information about yourself, your goal um, and how you want to get there as possible to make sure it's got the best chance at success. So good. Yeah. Any other ways that you use ChatGPT that you find really helpful or that you find yourself going back to over and over again? Um, I do like it for subject lines and, and uh, titles. Again, not copy paste, just to get that thought process going. Because so often, um, yeah, titles subject lines are so hard to to get started um, and once you have an initial idea it's um it's really just making you know making that process a lot more succinct and a lot easier and gets those creative juices flowing so yeah love that also um researching things so you know if i'm writing blog posts for um clients which i don't do very often but i've got some some regular clients that um know that I know their brand inside out. And so we come up with SEO optimized um, content to drive traffic to their website. And uh, often the research into the actual topic, like I'm just trying to think um, Halloween craft projects for a kid's brand, for example, you know, I'm not into Halloween. Australia is slowly getting into it, but it's not front of mind for me. So ChatGPT mm -hmm. can actually help me fast track that research process. So I just go, you know, give me some ideas, some craft projects, um, and then I would use the the ideas as the basis um, and the basic outline for the blog post, but then, um, yeah, write it from scratch because, um, yeah, ChatGPT is just simply not not able to uh, write blog posts that aren't so obvious, obviously uh, created by AI. Um, so it's really a matter of, yeah, giving me ideas and fast-tracking that, that research process. Yeah, I love using ChatGPT for just like big brainstorms. And normally if I say like, give me 30 ideas for this, like five or six, I really like, and yeah. that's fine. That's, that's like way better than having no ideas that I'm starting from. So Absolutely. yeah, I think it's really great for brainstorming. Mm. I will often use it to just give a first draft of something, mm. but I also 
edit very heavily. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, you definitely can't copy paste. And unfortunately, um, you can pick it straight away yeah. online. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's speeding up things, but it's not replacing us. I think we've kind of, we've touched on this quite a bit, but what other limitations are there to chat GBT? Like what would you, what scenarios would you recommend people not use chat GBT for? Yeah, so writing, you know, anything from scratch and copy-pasting, as I said. Um, Also, I'd totally be careful with um, biases that pop up in in certain outputs. So gender biases, for example, you know, where doctors are always male and, you know, nurses are always female. So it sources its information from, um, yeah, online. So it's just being conscious around... um, the societal norms that are creeping creeping into into its output and also just making sure you know you know that anything you create on ChatGPT and AI is not necessarily yours so there's still legal legal ramifications that are yet to be determined so um, yeah just be conscious of what you feed it um, and that you can't just copy and paste it because um, it's not necessarily yours to keep so yeah it's a it's a big evolving world isn't it so it'll be interesting to Mm -hmm. see what comes from it I don't think anyone can really predict where it's going to go it's just evolving so fast but I love the approach of just using it kind of as like your content assistant Mm -hmm. like you're still the you're still the mastermind behind the content and you're still the final say on how things are said and phrased and what gets included and what doesn't but you can kind of just tell it what to do. And it, there's so many things now that it can just go do for you, which yeah. saves so much time, so much like compiling and formatting. I mean, it's just kind of amazing. Yeah. When it comes to learning about AI and ChatGBT, like what has been your approach to that? Have you just kind of like dug in and played with it and, and learned? Do you have like any favorite resources that you turn to to learn? How is that? kind of like onboarding approach been for you yeah definitely so I love just playing around with it to see what happens if I tweak my prompt or if I come at it from a slightly different angle and funnily enough too um I recently presented at a summit about um my audience research process and how ChatGPT can speed up things and um I tried to replicate the exact output um, a second time around and ChatGPT even with the same prompt gave me slightly different things and slightly different um, output. So it's just interesting to to see how, yeah, how it interacts with you and how um, the slightest tweaks completely change what you get. And when it comes to, um, yeah, staying up to date, I can only, yeah, do my, my research and try to follow um, others. But someone in my space, so in the copywriting space, Amy from Damn Right, she is um, really front front of mind for me she's always up to date on the latest developments so I follow her and um really yeah try to listen to what she has to say so she spends a lot of time researching new tools um and coming up with the best ways to use them she's also got a free resource I think around um prompts and the best approach to prompting so it might be worth checking checking her out for more advice on on AI and the various tools out there I will definitely Hmm. link to that in the show notes. I know you have 
some resources. Do you want to point to any of those that folks can go check out when it comes to either audience research or audience driven copy? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I know how overwhelming audience research can be and how confusing it is to put a survey together. So I um, have a free downloadable 10-question survey. Um, so the exact questions I use in my one-on-one client projects to get those really juicy answers and um, all those, you know, swipeable statements for um, really connection-driving copies. So you can grab that over on my website. I'll share the link with Lauren. Um, and that just means you're started and you're, you're up and running in a matter of minutes to start gathering your own audience intel. Yay. Amazing. Okay. Anything else you want to say about audience research, copy, AI, any of the things before I start transitioning into some of the questions that I ask all of the guests on this podcast? Yeah. I just, I I would just love, if you take one thing away from this episode, I would love you to start having more intentional conversations with your customers because often um, there are so many opportunities and customers actually, you know, inviting us to to pick their brain and um, yeah, we just let them let them slide without um, taking advantage of them. So you know, anytime someone drops into your DMs, any time someone replies to your emails, really take the opportunity to listen in and also to give them an opportunity to open up. It doesn't have to be that full blown survey all the time. There are gems around every corner, and get into the habit of actually making note of them. So what I usually do if I get feedback from someone, you know, a statement where a client sends me a DM saying, oh my God, you know, this is what just happened. You know, your copy's out there and there's something really uh, invaluable in there. I take a screenshot and I just add it to my swipe file. So I don't forget um, to do it later. And every quarter I just put a put aside half an hour, an hour to just consciously look at those things and add them to my bucket list. So they aren't wasted conversations, wasted opportunities. So I want you to just pay attention and be um, a great listener. And that takes care of most of your messaging, your marketing headaches, and and even your offer creation. Because often people tell you products they would love you to create. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, you have an audience. If your audience tells you they want it, create it. Yeah. Such a good kind of final note that just listening to our customers is going to give us more information mm-hmm. than almost anything else we can do. So there's so much data and information like already accessible to you if you're willing to Mm. take the time to listen and pay attention to it. Absolutely. This is the total aside, but I'm curious if you personally or if you're working with any clients who are using ManyChat for audience research. ManyChat is like the, Mm. the bot company like the Instagram bots that's approved by Instagram where it's like comment yeah. purple in the comments and I'll I'll send you something and then it it triggers this whole automation. I yeah. would imagine that would be a good opportunity to like do some automatic back and forth, but oh. I don't know if anyone's really doing that. No, but I love the idea. So I don't know anyone, but I like it. Because again, okay. it's organic, you know, you're writing your DMs. Why not throw mm. even one strategic question in there? Great idea. Yeah. Go for it, Lauren. Give it a go. Interesting. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. I'll give it a shot. Um, and anyone listening, feel free to borrow that idea because I yeah. don't have my many chat set up. So if yeah. you do, try throwing in a little research question. 
Okay, so I have loved this conversation already. I want to hear some of the your answers to some of the questions that I get to ask everyone on this podcast. Mm. The first one is, how do you approach doing good through your small business? Yeah, so I um, tried to make my in inverted commas, expertise, you know, my support um, available at various price points because especially now, you know, in Australia, we've got, God, super high interest rates. It's just really hard for people to mm-hmm. invest in strategic copy on an, in an outsourced way. So I am, yeah, in the process of giving giving access to my strategies and some of my proven processes um, on a budget friendly um, basis. Um, I also love supporting uh, good causes. So in 2022, for example, in Australia, we had, again, you know, there's always some sort of climate crisis in Australia, unfortunately, mm-hmm. between bushfires and floods. So there was really bad floods pretty much all throughout the east coast of Australia and um, an amazing um, business owner um, in Melbourne, she put together a flood, flood auction where uh, small business owners from all over Australia came together to give away yeah, services, products, offers that people could then bid on and uh, the funds were donated to the Red Cross and charitable causes that were supporting those communities affected by the floods. And, um, yes, yeah, mm. so I gave one of my use for a day sessions away and um, – it's just incredible how generous people are. So people actually bid more yeah. than the retail price of of my um, use for a day session. So it's just incredible, and um, you know it's it's a small thing I can do, but it just really is my way to to contribute. Yeah, well, it's a great example that like there are so so many ways to make a make an impact, and mm. I love that. Don't I don't think we always think about donating our products or services. Like we often think about donating money, mm. but mm. Um, there often are opportunities to donate your skills and your talent. And, Absolutely, and, and that's such a great example of that. Yeah. What is one small business that you admire? Mm. Yes, good question. Um, I am seeing that I work with uh, primarily female-founded um, brands. I do like incorporating um, female-founded products in my onboarding gifts. So every client gets a little goodie pack with um, yeah female-founded products. And one I came across, God, how long ago? Maybe two odd years ago is Lula Imas. They're an Australian brand and uh, they are two sisters who um, have come up with this self-warming face mask and they're incredible they smell amazing you know this uh, unique product but their story is even more inspiring so these two um, sisters founded their brand and while coming up with their first prototype they both were diagnosed with breast cancer at the same time what are the chances Um, so went through their own in our personal struggles, thankfully came out the other side. Um, they now have this amazing brand selling their eye masks and they're really actively involved in, you know, promoting, um, you know, research for breast cancer. And so I include one of their face masks in all my little onboarding presents because they are just so good and I love their story and, um, again, love supporting small female-founded brands. Oh, my gosh. So last time I had Nadine on for something which was in my membership she was presenting about one of her clients and I ended up buying 
the the wrap, which actually arrived yesterday. And now I'm, of course, on Lula's website looking at all these masks, and I love their branding. And now I'm I'm sold on something else. So How cool! Nadine has great taste. Yes, you know, and that's the small smallest part I can do. You know, I love uplifting female founders. They're all there's so many yes. inspiring stories, inspiring ideas. So there really are. Hmm. Yeah. These look great. We will be sure that is linked in the show notes as well. Yeah. What is a book you would recommend? Yeah, one of my all-time favorite books, which unfortunately I only caught on to far too late, is um, Do Less by Kate Northrup, all about um, the female cycle and um, how it impacts you know, our lives as small business owners, as women, and um, unfortunately – you know, I don't know. As women, we just don't know enough about our cycle. Thankfully, it's changing. But um, so mm-hmm. now I'm just really conscious of even when I book, you know, podcast interviews, um, when I have productive weeks, when I have weeks where I do more of the strategy work, more reflection work. So it's really understanding, um, you know, the phases of your cycle and the strength of each of the phases and making it work in your favor. Um, so you're not working against um, yourself. So let's say, you know, if mm-hmm. I had my period, I wouldn't book a podcast interview if at all possible because, you know, you're more, um, you know, self-reflective. It's it's a time to rest, whereas, you know, when you're ovulating, you're more radiant, you know, it comes more natural to you. It's easier to to connect with people. So it's really when possible, syncing your calendar to your cycle and that means everything in your business and in your life just flows so much better. Mm, love that. Mm. Love that. That's a new one to me. I think yeah. I don't think that's been recommended on the show yet. So we will for sure make sure that is on the website as well. Okay, Nadine, tell everyone where they can get to know you better, learn about your services, connect with you online, like get all of the can-do content magic. Yeah. So best spot to connect with me is via my website, candocontent.com. You can also drop me a quick hello in my DMs on Instagram. Um, my handle there is at candocontent. And yeah, I um, share tips and tricks by email every week as well. So if you want to grab those free survey questions, you're automatically receiving uh, amazing tips, tricks, and uh, shortcuts to support your new coffee journey. Yay. Okay. Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. Um, Thanks for letting me pick your brain about some (laughs) of your magic strategies when it comes to audience research and AI. I just, I've loved all of this, so I can't wait to share it. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren. Isn't Nadine so amazing? I, for one, cannot wait to implement some of the ideas she shared during this conversation. You can learn more about Nadine and find all of her resources and recommendations at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 213. I would love for you to take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening to the episode and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilton. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful to have your support. Here are a couple of ways that you can get back to making good. First, let's connect on Instagram. Come DM me at Lauren Tilden. Second, I would be so honored if you'd leave a rating and review in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to subscribe and follow. Finally, if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the podcast, send them the link. Today's episode can be found at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 213. This episode was produced and edited by Corinne Monaco of Just Peachy Illustration. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.